Welcome to episode 35 of the Inner Work Conversation, a podcast I've created for leaders like you. This podcast is dedicated to making sure you feel empowered and reassured that you are totally not alone. Because let's face it, leadership loneliness is a thing. I'm Nikki Cross, founder of Thrive Life and Business, and in today's episode, I'm talking about when everything is going to absolute shit. And I do want to pre-warn you, this episode is double the amount of time I'd usually record for. It's an hour long. My episodes are normally around 30 minutes long. So please know there is some really, really good stuff towards the end of the episode and it's worth sticking around for. One last thing before I jump in, I have also got some cracking episodes lined up for you. I'm going to be exploring goal shame. I'm going to be exploring why I don't work from a to-do list, productivity, feeling behind, and so much more. So make sure you're subscribed and tune in for the next one. And as always, please, please feel free to share this or any episode with a colleague, a friend, or another leader who you think it would benefit. I always massively appreciate it when you do. So without further ado, let's dive straight in. So today's episode is about when things are going wrong and how to deal with those tough times. I know over the past few episodes I've talked a lot about goals and that is because the theme of the month, the topic of the month inside Thrive Together, so it's currently July 2021, is goals. And in previous episodes I've talked about things like struggling to follow through on your goals, 32, episode 32, to self-doubt in relation to your goals, that was episode 33, and then the last episode before this, we were talking about self-belief, all of those are really worth listening to, but one of the things that I want to talk about is not the inner work, but the stuff that happens outside of us, it's inevitable, the uncontrollable shit, and it's really hard to limit the examples, Um, you know, when you've got a fitness goal and you get a freak injury or when you're making headway on a work project and your laptop conks out or worse when something happens to impact the stability of your business or your health or the health of a loved one some things literally can flip our worlds upside down even if that's temporarily just for the day some shit will leave you feeling like you've been in a washing machine um <laughs> and i know this because I include myself in loads of the stuff that I share on this on this podcast, I too am working through, which is why when so many of you message me and say, oh my God, you know, it's like, you know what's going on inside my mind, or do you know where I'm at in my life or in my business right now? It's like, no, we share this experience. I remember setting the objective of the inner work conversation and it was to make you feel empowered and reassured that you're not alone. And so I talk about topics that I know that we all share, but aren't necessarily talked about a lot. Anyway, I'm going off piste. A couple of Fridays ago, for numerous reasons, I actually started to create the idea of this episode because on that specific day, I was in the washing machine. It was me in the washing machine. (laughs) Um, And as we do, when we're in the middle of our very own shit show, I opened Instagram because of course that's always a fucking useful thing to do isn't it what was I hoping to achieve I do not know it is beyond me in fact to be fair no it's not actually I know exactly what I was doing I was numbing out anyway pardon me while I call myself out on my own bullshit yeah so I was on Instagram anyway (laughs) and I saw a post And it said something like, whatever's happened to you in life, whatever the hardship, whatever pain, they pale in comparison to the power that you have to choose what you do now. I've written it down and I'm trying to read my own writing. Let me read it again. Whatever's happened to you in life, whatever hardship, whatever pain, they pale in comparison to the power you have to choose what to do now. And you know that I love empowering things. You know that I'm not about forced toxic positivity. I am absolutely about thinking thoughts and behaving in ways that empower you. And I really liked the post, but then I saw the caption and you'll have to forgive me because I don't I don't exactly remember what the caption said, but it was something like, have a great day or it's on you to have a great day. And I thought, I am not in a fucking position to have a great day. I, <laughs> I actually thought, how the fuck can I have a great day I am just scraping through here. And I really was like, you know, 
a lot of you who've listened to this podcast or who are one-to-one clients of mine or Inside Thrive Together, you'll know that we've had a tough time with dad's dementia and all of the different things going on. But I want to share this because I think that social media can be an amazing place depending on what you choose to expose yourself to. And so I'm very selective. I'm very careful with the accounts that I follow and the stuff that comes up on my feed when I open that app on my phone. When I saw the post, I was like, yeah. And then I saw the caption and it made me angry. It made me angry because it felt like toxic positivity. It made me, it. it's like a flash before my eyes in that moment. I thought back over the 15 years that I've developed leaders and all of the leaders who I've watched go through something super major inside work. You remember when we all used to work in offices <laughs> then? You know, in a meeting room, absolutely go into pieces in the washing machine, but be super stoic. And the moment they showed any part of themselves in the workplace, any vulnerability, any humanness, they were completely mortified. They felt vulnerable, they felt exposed. And that's exactly what I wanna talk to you about in this episode. The times of your life when the world has got you on your knees. If you've had a 10 out of 10 bad day, week, month, if you're dealing with something that is absolutely out of your control, or you're dealing with disappointment, or in life or in business, or sadness, or perhaps even grief, whatever it is, in that exact moment, the goal isn't to strap on a smile and have the best day. Of course, that will be bloody lovely, but it's not always the best advice, is it? It's not always the best advice to make sure that you know it's on you to have a great day. Now, please understand that I sit on this side of the microphone hoping that you all are having a great day. I really do want that for you, but I I, I specifically want to talk in this episode. I wanna support you to empower yourself through the shitty times, not force positive, um, what do they call it? Toxic positivity as a plaster over a gaping wound that you're trying to hide. And let's have it right, times are batshit crazy for many people right now still. And it's tough, isn't it? It can be tough to be at your best. It certainly can be tough to have a great day. And there are a lot of people out there who are complaining and there are a lot of people out there who are upset. And there are a lot of people out there who want their opinions heard. And more, like further than that, they want you to change your opinion to the same as their opinion. There are clearly so many people knee deep in drama and debates and negativity and chaos. I see it, you must see it too, I see it. And all of this can make it absolutely difficult to go after meaningful goals because it's not just the time it takes, but it's the energy that it takes, never mind what shit storms you are having brought to your table meanwhile. So in a recent, anyway, in a recent post over on Instagram, I wrote about doing the work in inverted commas, a term in the L&D, the learning and development industry and the coaching industry that's been coined on doing the inner work, which of course, you know, we're all about around here. This is the inner work conversation. (laughs) But the points that I'm making in that post are about self-empowerment. We have to learn how to transform negative, chaotic energy into something that we do have a sense of control about. And we can create some sort of positive outcomes towards the things that we want in our life, not to force positivity, but just simply to put us in a space mentally and physically, emotionally, spiritually, where we can lead, right? Where we can make empowered choices, regardless of the shit show that is going on around us. So following on from goals, I wanna share these practices with you. If you're struggling to stay in an empowered place right now, in the upcoming episodes, just to give you a heads up, we're heading into talking about pace and persistence especially related to goals and the shame that can often come to us with not being on track in inverted commas again. But let me first start here. I wanna share today four practices with you that really help me and my own clients get back to a a place of personal empowerment. So let's dive into the first one. So the first one is prime yourself for the shitty days. I want to talk, <laughs> I want to talk, or times, I want to talk firstly about before the difficult time. Now, this isn't the same as saying to anticipate them or to expect them. What I'm not suggesting that you do here, 
just to make it really clear, is to go around like any minute, any minute now, something's gonna happen, it's gonna be shit, you just wait and see. <laughs> not that, that's not what I mean with this. I'm not trying to ask you to control the external events that happen outside of you. What I am suggesting is that you prime yourself. You act as though you already understand that things might go wrong, unexpected things might happen, uncertainties, basically, uncertainty is certain. That's what we know. And shitty times are not often not preventable, but you can absolutely prepare yourself. What I see a lot is we anticipate drama and we prepare for it by pouring fear energy at the potential situation. Fear energy, fear thoughts, instead of noticing the things that could go wrong and pouring empowering energy towards it. What we do, what we tend to do is we amplify the catastrophe and we play it out in our minds, spending so much of our time and energy on the fear that comes with that imagined scenario rather than making a conscious choice where, where to invest our energy. I want you to prime yourself to build self-trust for those potential moments. One of the biggest fears that I see in people is that they won't be able to handle things when shit goes down, that they won't be able to cope. And I also see this in goal setting as well. I see it come up when people are worrying about the things that could go wrong, but I also see it a lot in goal setting as well. Like, okay, so you wanna set this goal, why aren't you setting that goal? I'm worried that if I set it and I achieve it even, I won't be able to cope, I won't be able to handle it. So not only are we scared of things that could go wrong, we're also scared of our own success a lot of the time. But anyway, what happens is we anticipate the negative, unfortunate event, and we prime ourselves for it by fearing it and imagining all the ways that we won't be able to handle it. And this kind of thought process, it doesn't prime us to build the self-trust that we need to know that we will handle those situations. Instead, it just prolongs the catastrophe before it's even begun. And since this month, we've talked about goals because that's the theme for July and Side Thrive Together. I wanna relate it directly to that. Like I said before, when I see my clients setting goals, one of the doubts that they will inevitably have is, but will I be, and then you can finish the sentence with whatever is relevant to you, good enough, strong enough, resilient enough, able to cope, able to deal with it if it goes wrong, strong enough to take their judgment if they judge me. So for point number one, I want you to prime yourself for these situations. I want What I want you to do is instead of letting yourself get to the point where you're living in dread of something going wrong and you're picturing all of the scenarios and imagining how awful they will be, what I want you to do instead is work towards an identity of whatever happens, I'll support myself. Whatever happens, I will show up for myself. I will be there for myself. Yeah, I'm gonna say that again. Whatever happens, I will support myself. Whatever happens, I will be there for myself. I will show up for myself. Because like I said, right at the, my very, very first episode, your ability to deal with adversity is far, far greater than you could ever imagine. And I know that you actually already know this because you ha I don't even know you, or I might not know you, maybe I do, maybe I don't, but Whoever you are listening to this episode, you have been through shitty times before and here you are, here you are listening to this podcast. I want you to think of those times now, think of the worst, think of the worst, absolute worst thing that you've ever been through in your entire life and think about, yes, it was awful, but you are here, you have got through it. So what I want you to consider is this, what are we really fearing here? Are we really fearing our ability to cope? Or are we really fearing how shitty it will feel? Because shitty situations will inevitably feel shitty to navigate. And as I'm about to move on to, it's not our job to avoid how we feel at all. It is our job to recognize that you always have and always will be able to cope. And I know this because you're here listening to this episode. So practice number one is about priming. Instead of priming yourself for an unfortunate situation by imagining all the things that could go wrong and all of the fears that surround that and taking it further by imagining the worst case result and going further than that and further than that, instead of that, direct your energy to thoughts of whatever happens, I'll handle it. Whatever happens, I can trust myself 
to support myself unconditionally. To really, really hammer this home, I wanna give you an example. I want you to imagine that in 10 seconds, I'm gonna immerse every part of you, bar your head, in ice cold water for two minutes, right? So I really want you to picture that. How do you feel about that potential scenario that, that is gonna happen in 10 seconds? And what I want you to do is I want you to check in on how you feel towards this thought. If you're anything like me, you'll be thinking, I do not want that. It will not feel nice. And perhaps your thoughts will go even further and start thinking things like, oh no, I couldn't do that. Couldn't stay in ice water for two minutes. But notice how we don't think, okay, well, it will feel uncomfortable. I will feel discomfort, but I recognize that I will inevitably be okay, right? In what notice as humans, what we normally do is we go, no, I'm not gonna be able to handle that. It won't feel nice. That is the practice from tip number one. Practice reminding yourself that this will pass. Practice reminding yourself that you can trust yourself. Practice reminding yourself that you will be okay and actively seek evidence of times where you suffered similar adversity and were actually okay. For anyone inside Thrive Together, this is partly why I ask you to consider your wins. This is why I ask you to identify your wins every single week in power planning. I want you to do this because it's so fucking easy to remember what didn't go well, what fucked up, what, what didn't happen the way you thought it would, what we could have done better, what, we, what our failures were. But when you build a bank of evidence to show and demonstrate to yourself that what you're actually capable of getting through, what you're actually capable of, that is so powerful. And it takes us to do that intentionally. And while some of the shitstorms that might come your way, they might not be preventable. They might be totally out of your control. Hopefully now you can see in my first point here that there is absolutely a lot in your control, especially when it comes to your ability to cope with adversity. So to finish this point, a book that you know that I absolutely love is Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. And what I'm about to talk to you about now is page 210 which is where Tim Ferriss interviews Tony Robbins so if you're thinking all oh, right Nick like maybe you've just been introduced to my work or whatever and you're thinking mm, I'm not really buying this Tony Robbins I mean come on Tony Robbins is the world's most famous performance coach <laughs> so if you're not gonna buy it off me maybe you'll buy it off him <laughs> Um, so let me let me just read the bit that I, I wanted to get to. It's this bit. And he talks about priming. He talks about how priming works and his take um, on priming here. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna read it out to you. He talks about something called state story strategy. So Tim Ferriss says, if where is it? There it is. If you look, if you were to look at my daily, my daily journal right now, you'd see that I've scribbled state story strategy at the top of each page for the next several weeks. It's a reminder to check the boxes in that order. Tony believes that in a lowered emotional state, we only see problems, not solutions. So let's say you wake up feeling tired and overwhelmed. You sit down to brainstorm strategies to solve your issues, but it comes to naught and you feel even worse afterwards. This is because you started in a negative state, then attempted strategy, but didn't succeed due to tunnel vision on the problems, and then likely told yourself self-defeating stories, e.g. I always do this, why am I so wound up? I can't even think straight. To fix this, he encourages you to prime your state first. The biochemistry will help you proactively tell yourself an enabling story. Only then do you think on strategy, as you'll then see the options instead of dead ends. So state, story, strategy. So if you're not gonna take it from me, take it from Tony Robbins. <laughs> but seriously though, before I leave practice number one, I want you to start cultivating that self-trust too, 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 too often. I'll get on a call with a client and please, please keep in mind my one-to-one -one clients, they're all in different scenarios. A lot of the time I get asked questions, what kind of leaders do you work with? Some of them are CEOs of large, large organizations. Some of them are 
a leader in their business now, but they want to start their own business and they're getting in their own way and they're not being able to lead in their own life because of fear. Some of them are business owners and they are they already have a business, they already have a team, but they are holding themselves back and not able to lead in life and business because of their own inner work that needs to be done. So the the reason I'm telling you that is because I see this so often. I see it in my calls with my clients where they'll tell me things like, but I can't do that because then this will happen. And if that happens, I won't be able to handle it. If that happens, I won't be able to take it. If another pandemic hits, I don't think I'm going to be strong enough. All of these what ifs and then after the what if, what am I going to be able to do? What am I am I going to be resilient enough? All of that fear is coming from an imagined place. And so the work that we do together is cultivating that self-trust that actually, firstly, give yourself the evidence, look back, give yourself the evidence that yes, you can handle adversity you have before and you will be able to again. Secondly, the world is full of uncertainty. We can't go around constantly trying to prepare ourselves for every single event that happens. You can't hold on that tight. You simply can't hold on that tight and at the same time, live a fulfilled life. It's stifled. And the the third is trust yourself. Trust yourself. Trust in the fact that you are going to be able to handle whatever comes your way because you always have right? So that, anyway, that leads me into my next practice, practice number two. Now, we've talked about before the shit show, now let's talk about the practicalities of when things are actually going to shit. I want you to picture, 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 things have gone to shit, stuff that's completely out of your control, and you are currently smack bang in the middle of said shit show. What I want you to do, practice number two, is practice responding not reacting. And this simply means feel what you feel. Don't suppress it. Don't stifle it. Don't pretend it's not happening. But notice the gap that you can create between your initial reaction and the emotion you choose to dwell on, dwell in, sorry, and the actions you then take from there. I want to be really clear here. I have worked with so many business owners, so many leaders who begin their journey and sometimes fight throughout their journey with me saying, things like, I'm just a really emotional person. And I don't doubt you are, we all are. We're supposed to be emotional. We're we're supposed to have, and we're supposed to feel emotions. That's why we have them. We're humans. It's part of the range of things available to us that aren't available to other species. But these emotions are not always there to serve your highest good. The aim here is not to feel good. The aim here is not to feel positive. The aim here is to feel empowered. Sometimes, like with my one-to-one clients especially, I'm often reminding them, look, my job isn't to make you feel good. My job isn't to make you feel comfortable. In fact, if anything, my job is to make you feel uncomfortable, <laughs> is, to, is to show you that you can sit in that discomfort and still be okay. Actually, be more than okay, be bloody brilliant. And like I say, anyway, the aim here is feeling empowered It isn't often, I don't know about you, but it isn't often for me that I've taken powerful action, empowered action from a place of completely losing my shit. In fact, I don't think I ever have. Have you? It's a skill. It's a skill to practice feeling your feelings, honouring them and choosing your action. Your feelings are something to be respected and honoured. This is why each week inside Power Planning, the very first question that I ask my members at the very beginning of the call is, how are you today? Or more specifically, how do you feel today? And there's method behind this madness. This is to give my members the opportunity to express how they feel without becoming it. Which, unless you make it conscious, it's really fucking easy to do. It's really easy to say, I am overwhelmed, I am anxious, I am worried, I am angry. You say these things and you become them or you say these things and you let them become you. And then therefore, all of your actions embody those emotions. So to respond as opposed to react is to create space between you and the situation or more specifically, to create emotional, mental, sometimes even physical space between you and the situation to allow yourself to respond as opposed to react. 
As I was preparing for this episode, it reminds me of the work from Jill Bolt-Taylor, I think her name is. I'll have to Google this after I've recorded this episode. But basically, she's a neuroscientist who noted that the cycle, the, the, not the psychological, the physiological lifespan of an emotion in the body and the brain is 90 seconds, right? So those sensations that we feel, the adrenaline, your tight throat, heart beating faster, your face feeling hot, all of these physical sensations that we feel when shit's going down, they do dissipate on their own. But the big question is, when was the last time you experienced an emotion for 90 seconds? Like when shit's going down, when you're having the worst day, if I roll back to a few Fridays ago when I was myself in the washing machine, I certainly would have been like, 90 seconds, do one. Like, I don't, this isn't going away in 90 seconds. But there is actual science behind this that I'm gonna share with you. What? What keeps emotions lingering are the stories we tell ourselves about them, usually that the situation should be other than it is. Um, so it's almost like we're fighting our own reality in that moment, or you know, the situation should be different, or the person, or, or even we should have behaved differently. And that's totally, totally understandable. We tell ourselves these stories because we are in the moment but we wanna justify the sensations that we're feeling, the feelings that we're feeling, and our ego wants to strengthen by being right and usually making something outside of us wrong. So if something's happened that's out of your control, what we like to do as humans is go, that's all wrong and the way I feel is right. And I'm not saying you're not right in feeling the way that you're feeling. I'm asking you the question, is it empowered? So as an example, when we set goals inside Thrive Together, I expect, because the goals that we set are stretching, they're not, they don't follow, as you know, they don't follow the SMART method with the R for realistic. They are stretching goals that address our limiting beliefs and we do that in the, in the workshop, in the session. But then once you've got off that workshop, what can often happen is we feel shame because weeks pass by and if any of you are in Thrive Together and you're sorry about my phone and are listening to this episode you might be thinking yeah I've set these big goals and I'm not as far forward towards them as I wanted to be and now I feel shame but what we do is we want what we want to do sorry is we want to make ourselves right and therefore the other thing wrong so what we want to do is be like okay well I feel this way I feel like I haven't made the progress that I wanted to towards that goal and therefore I want to change the goal therefore I want to put the goals in a drawer <laughs> then what I'm saying is this is especially this shame and this whole concept of emotions having the physiological ability to dissipate in 90 seconds this raises its head when we're on a mission to going after meaningful goals it can really fuck shit up for us and we can start to convince ourselves that actually i didn't even want it in the first place i set the wrong goal i need to change the goal posts it's all sorts of madness that we do um but i also want to say that the irony so i do want to touch on this before i move off this whole concept of the 90 second thing the irony is in that as well that this concept has also been used to shame people who can't get over an emotion in 90 seconds. It's sort of, it's sort of this concept of if you're really trying, then you should be able to release the, the emotion. You should be able to release the story, focus on the sensations, let them go, let the situation go and move into serenity. But <laughs> quite often that's really hard to do. And not just because the situation that's going on outside of you might be a really terrible one, but also because as humans, we are wired the very same stories that are in this whole concept I'm talking about letting go. We're wired to keep those alive. And the longer we've been telling ourselves a certain story, the harder it is to let it go. So if I give you an example, one of my clients really wants to launch their own business and they really struggle with the concept of there's been these particular times in my life and they replay them and I can see them feeling the emotions that it felt of those particular times in their life, let's say three or four situations where they, in their mind, have failed. They bring those emotions up about the failure they experienced in that scenario 
and therefore they can't possibly allow themselves to to take that leap into setting up their own business because they've got so much fear around failing again and setting up a business is so particularly nuanced because what that also does if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs is it's all also linked to our security because our financial status is impacted by the money that we bring in through the business that we've set up so it's so complex but excuse me just one second let me take it let me take a drink hang on it's so nuanced and what I suppose what I'm trying to say there is it's easier to tell ourselves the story of but there's this to consider and I don't know if I'm knowledgeable enough yet and I don't know if I'm quite ready yet and all of these things it's much easier to tell ourselves those stories even if telling ourselves those stories makes us feel the discomfort of being stagnant and the discomfort of being stuck and the frustration of being stuck it's easier to do that and feel that than it is to go into the discomfort of growth so what what i'm saying is we're wired as humans don't feel if if i'm telling you this 90 second thing and you're sitting there thinking well i can't let a feeling go in 90 seconds if i'm going through a shitty situation don't feel shame around that but do empower yourself and look at the stories that you're holding to be true and on top of that we're also wired with negativity bias. It's one of the things that kept us alive as a, as a human race. And it still serves us, you know, but negativity bias, it was a thing that used to help us when a saber-toothed tiger was gonna come at us, you know, perceiving the threat and therefore mitigating risk. But in today's situation that you'll find yourself in, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm gonna assume that you're not fighting for your food every single day. You know, you're in a position of privilege that our cavemen ancestors didn't particularly have. You don't need to be on that high alert. And quite often the threat that you are perceiving is not real. It's our ego. It's it's our ego trying to keep us safe. And when we're used to feeling bad, so angry, frustrated, anxious, shame, all of what happens is all of these neural pathways correspond to those emotions and they then strengthen. So it becomes easier for those emotions and those stories that are associated to them to be the go-to for us. So going all the way back to the, the whole point of practice number two, practice responding and not just reacting, Yes, I want you to create space. Yes, I want you to feel your feelings. But I also really want you to consider the stories that you're telling yourself about what's true for you and consider what emotions those stories are bringing up for you. And by repeating those stories in your brain, what emotions are therefore continuously being strengthened inside of your physiology. And I remember it well myself, like I know this is a longer episode than usual, guys, but I am just going to ramble on a little bit here because I've got some stuff to say that I really want to say. (laughs) Maybe listen to this on double speed if it helps. But I remember it when I was considering setting up my own business. It took me five years to work through that fear. And the reason it took me five years was because there were so many stories I was telling myself, so many things I was holding to be true about myself that I had to work through before I could disassociate from the feeling that came with those stories. So, I don't know, the things, silly little things, like my mum and dad, you know, they really, like, they really, really valued financial security and what that meant about you as a person, if you could hold down a job and have all of these things. It was like, if I don't have these things, who am I? And there was a sense of feeling like I was betraying them by holding a different belief or even exploring a different belief. And there was also a sense of, will I even be able to do it? Will I even... And all of these stories needed to be worked through in order for me to get out of my own way, in order for those emotions that come with those stories to not keep rearing their head. And therefore, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Feeling your feelings, as I mentioned we practice this every week inside Thrive Together. What I mean when I talk about feeling our feelings, what I really mean is bring awareness to them. Observe them. Observe your emotions. Observe the stories that you're telling yourself and holding to be true. 
And by that, I don't mean notice what you're feeling. Notice that, like, I feel anxious. I feel, it's, it's more detached than that. It's about becoming aware of how the emotion itself expresses itself in your body without allowing your mind to attach to the story you know, I, honestly, I can, I'm saying this and I'm thinking all of these examples in my head. I can think of times when I've noticed a feeling coming up. So let's say a scenario, a shitstorm outside of me, uncontrollable, has triggered something inside me like insecurity or fear or envy or rage. If I don't start allowing myself to follow the feeling and instead I follow the story, if if I can't do that, if I if I allow myself to follow the story, I hold on to the feeling longer. If I allow myself to follow the feeling and allow myself to feel the feeling, then I can allow it to pass through me. Honestly, I can personally tell you there have been so, so many times of pure fear rise up in me in my first year of business. So, so many times. When people are talking about how bad the pandemic is, how it's gonna impact business, how no one's gonna have any money, I used to listen to those things and think, holy shit, I have launched my business in the middle of a pandemic. It would make me want the, it would, it would make me want the ground to swallow me up and then get a job straight <laughs> as soon as the ground spat me back out. And I had months where my business didn't perform as well. So if you want to hear more about that, go to episode 24 after this episode. I can promise you Feeling your feelings is a skill that you absolutely can develop. And I know that because I used to be awful at this. I used to numb out so much more than I do now. This is also something that I work with my clients on quite intensely throughout our journey together, my one-to-one -one clients. If you want to hear how we develop vulnerability resilience, which is something obviously the queen herself, Brené Brown, talks about a lot, head after this episode, head to episode four, which is where I actually interview one, a real life one-to-one -one client. Developing that vulnerability resilience, it's personally something that I can't always do in the moment. I am learning still, just as we all are, how to feel the feeling come up and feel it and express it in a safe way, in a way that is healthy and in a way that doesn't damage the relationships around me or my business you know I express it and then I let it go I don't follow the story I let it go and I'm still practicing this so practice number two guys I am with you in this one but I am sharing it with you knowing that I don't have to think a positive thought so this isn't about you know ignore the feeling ignore the story just think positive this is absolutely not that I don't have to think a positive thought, but just a more empowering one. The point here is to observe the feeling rather than becoming it. And you've probably heard the phrase, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And in my experience, even, even my experience of suffering, that is true. You know, suffering often doesn't feel optional because we're usually not able to identify the thoughts that are causing it. But that's why this whole learning to observe your thoughts and separating facts from interpretations or facts from stories that we're telling ourselves to be true. It's so crucial, not just for us and our inner peace, but also for our relationships and also for our businesses. You know, honestly guys, some of the work that I've done over the 15 years that I've spent in learning and development and leadership development has been about organisational restructures and performance management and implementing appraisal systems and training leaders on how you know how to be an effective leader and implementing appraisal processes and all of that stuff but the the thing that's always been missing and the reason I set up my business was never to do those things anymore and that was because I saw all of these processes and systems being implemented but unless these leaders are taught to practice vulnerability resilience, to work through their own shit, their effectiveness in being able to carry out these processes and these systems is going to be lesser. So that is the point of the work that I do. And that is how powerful this actual work is. So before I leave this point, practice responding, not reacting. I lastly wanna to touch on how it feels in your body. 
Notice how your body feels when you feel an emotion. I think that we could be doing this a lot more than we actually do. And this is why if you're inside Thrive Together and I'm saying to you to incorporate intentional rest into your week, and if you struggle to do that, just build yourself some buffers in when you're power planning, this is the kind of stuff that is intentional rest. Intentional rest is sometimes going for a walk around the block. Intentional rest is sometimes meditating or doing something mindfully, but also intention or, or just doing nothing, sitting in the garden in the sun. Sometimes intentional rest is actually noticing how your body feels when you're feeling an emotion. How is your jaw? Where is your tongue? Is it stuck to the roof of your mouth? What's your heartbeat like? Are you frowning? What are your face muscles like? What about your neck and your shoulders? Notice as I'm saying these things, you might be thinking, how are my things right now? <laughs> but I'm telling you this because as most of you know, we, I mean, my sisters and I, we've had a tough time lately with dad's dementia and I'm ready to share with you that, yes, it's been tough. Yes, he's had to go into appropriate care. We simply couldn't keep him safe. And I'm sharing this with you because I want you to know that I'm living the stuff that I'm telling you a lot of the time in this podcast, something that I've personally been ignoring for a couple of months, and this is the reason I wanted to mention this before I move off this point and on to my last one, is the way my body feels because I haven't noticed stress and that's on me. So for the last couple of months, I've been ignoring the fact that I've had this feeling in my throat. It's like my throat's been tight or almost obstructed. So anyway, off I went to the doctors and they ran some tests on me and confirmed it's nothing to worry about. In fact, it's stress-induced globus sensation and I didn't know what that was either. But it's basically what I've just explained. It feels like something's in my throat. And I'm not telling you this, by the way, so that you'll get in touch with me and be like, oh, are you okay? I am okay, genuinely, I am okay. And now I'm taking responsibility for my stress levels and making sure I'm okay. I'm telling you this because I do this work, I help my own clients through this work and I didn't realise I was stressed. And more specifically, actually, let me be more specific, I didn't realise my body was feeling stress. I felt happy, I felt content, apart from what was going on with dad and having to be on high alert in case he went wandering with his dementia or anything like that. I didn't realize the stress it was causing on my body. So I'm sharing that with you so that you can see, you know, this isn't, you get to a certain place and you've mastered it. No, we're all doing this work, but step back if you can, step back. Doesn't mean completely step back from a situation because sometimes you can't do that. So for instance, for us, we couldn't completely step back from dad. We were caring for him, but just in the moment, I mean, Give yourself a moment, just like you would with a friend. You, If it was a friend, you would be asking them questions like, are you okay? What do you need? What will help you right now? Wouldn't you? Give that to yourself. June's topic, if I go back before July, June's topic inside Thrive Together was intentional rest. It is available on Catch Up if you're joining at a later date. But the reason I did this with my members before we headed into July about goal setting is because I wanted them to identify things that give them energy. It's remarkable to see my leaders, to see my members building their very own toolkit of things that reduce stress and give them back their energy. Too often we follow their advice and that's not what Thrive Together is about. Thrive Together isn't about, okay guys, so I do my intentional rest this way, you should do it too. Thrive Together isn't about, okay, well I plan my week this way, you should do it the same as me. No, this is about finding what works for you and then practicing that. Because what works for them may not always work for us. Everyone in that session was able to identify things that take anything from five minutes to five hours that they could pick from like a buffet and choose so that when external events to them are weighing heavy, when things are going to shit, when they're in the washing machine, they can feel that strong emotion, but also be able to release it. Maybe not in 90 seconds, <laughs> but we could say maybe working on releasing it in an empowered way. So whether that's going for a walk or practicing guided breathing or whatever it is for you, 
just to summarize, it is a practice. And it's a practice that I really want you to start. It's not controlling your emotions. The point here, by the way, the point here is absolutely not to be in control of your emotions. So often I hear, I just wish I could be more in control of my emotions. That isn't what we're doing here. The point isn't to be controlling or selective over which emotions you feel. The point is to allow the feelings, however you perceive them, feel them all and respond from an empowered place. It's totally okay to take time out to do this. That could be asking for five minutes from a meeting to collect your thoughts, asking if you can think about something before giving your answer, all the way through to calling in sick for the day. The point is, A, not to get stuck there, not to follow that initial reactive emotion down the road, up the M56 and into the sad swamp and wallow around there for a month or two, and B, not to prolong the initial emotion, especially if it's disempowering, by acting instantly on it. Yeah, give yourself that space. You deserve that space. Okay, so practice number three is a little bit quicker. Um, I appreciate I've been talking for about 45 minutes now. So this is one of my longer episodes. So thank you so much for staying with me. But practice number three is practice asking, what am I learning here? If you follow my work, you are into developing yourself. It's that simple. And not only are you doing this for you and your own growth, but you're likely also interested in the business results that can be gained from your personal development, of which there are many. But it isn't unusual for me to hear people can see what they're learning in hindsight. It's easy to look back on a situation and go, okay, I can see what that was teaching me there. But all too often, when we're in the shit storm, when we're in the shit show, when we're in the washing machine, it's really hard for us to glean even a moment of what we could be learning in that situation if you're in that moment. But in a recent situation when things really were going to shit for me, I found myself on my knees, quite literally on my knees, asking why? Why? Well, I think actually, to be fair, I was actually asking what the actual fuck? <laughs> what is going on? And um, <laughs> anyway, I think my point was why is this happening i remember when my mum died i had this this is quite deep this so um bear with but i remember when my mum died i had this moment in between sleep I, I was not asleep but i also didn't feel fully awake um anyway let me explain what i saw if any of you seen the avengers films think about that end scene where thanos is standing on the horizon looking out and it's all beautiful and peaceful it was like that that's that's exactly where i was and i remember i was on my own and i remember asking the question why do we go through what we go through i remember asking it into the nothingness and this voice it wasn't god but it was, it was a voice, it was a being that was bigger than me, answered me back and said, because it's what the soul needs. And I was just like, whoa. I actually remember I said, oh, verbally. And my husband was like, whoa, <laughs> what's going on? Like, what are you, why are you talking in your sleep? Um, but anyway, ever since that moment, I have viewed my challenges completely differently. My soul is growing. Now, I don't care what you believe in, whether you believe that there are, there's a God or there's not or what religion you are or whether there's many, many, many lifetimes or whether you're only here in this skin and then you're not. It doesn't matter. The point is that if I asked you to recall a really fucking hard time in your life, maybe it's losing someone, maybe it's bankruptcy, maybe it's ensuring your business survives the pandemic, maybe it's infertility or loss, maybe it's supporting a loved one through mental illness or alcoholism, whatever that really fucking hard time was, whatever it was, I know that if I asked you to reflect on it, you'd be able to highlight at least three things that you learned in that time. And this is exactly the process that I want you to practice in the middle of a tough time. If you're smack bang in the middle of a shitty time, your nervous system needs some reassurance. Not to be fed bullshit, not this whole like, oh, don't worry, everything happens for a reason. Not that, it just needs some evidence that there's a sense of purpose in the madness, some purpose in the chaos and the dismay and the heartbreak. And that's what I want you to give yourself. 
So let me tell you how. It can take 10 minutes. It did for me the other week. Shit went down with dad. It was impacting every single area of my life. All of my pillars, my relationship, being a mum, being a friend, my business in ways, not in ways that it would impact my clients, but in ways that it would impact my business. My head was literally just above the water. I was on my tippy toes and I was stripping everything back in my business so that I should, I could show up for my clients. And I asked my husband to hold the fort. I drove to the beach and I sat in my car with a pen and paper and I was crying my eyes out and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And what I realized in the middle of the shit storm was there were three words that stood out for me. And these three words is what I was learning in the middle of this shit storm. And they were patience, compassion, and perspective. So with patience, I was like, okay, through this situation, there's so, so much out of my control. I'm, I am, I'm learning the patience to allow myself not to be in control. I am learning to deal with the uncertainty of this situation and I don't know when it is going to end. So literally the following day, dad went into hospital and he hasn't come out since. He's still in there now. But, and I, but I didn't know that then. I just didn't know when this was going to end. I didn't know how long we were going to need to have to be on high alert to keep him safe. And I was learning the patience to feel, the patience to go with it, the patience to allow myself space, the patience... Practicing patience for me, and I know it will be for you too, is it will stop you from doing a really important thing, and that is jumping in to try and fix it. Because we're feeling so much discomfort in this situation that we, you know, trying to fix it, yes, it's sometimes it's the right thing to do, particularly in business, of course, but so often it's not, and so often we can't. So often the fix that you'd apply when you're in a shitty place, when your adrenaline's pumping, you're angry, you're upset. Sometimes the fix that you'd, you'd attempt in this time isn't the right one. And actually, the fix you'd attempt to apply when you're feeling more grounded and calm would be the right one to make. So patience. The second one was compassion. I realised in this time, I was learning compassion. I hadn't considered before this meltdown this day. But throughout the whole time of caring for dad, I realize now I was able to give my dad compassion I was able to give my sister compassion sisters compassion I was able to give my husband compassion my son compassion but not myself so many times when things are going to shit we should ourselves I should have done this I should have said that I should have been more on the ball there and I should have been better with my diet at the same time and I should have thought this and I shouldn't be feeling that we are able to practice compassion with others but we're not always able to pra practice it with ourselves. And so what I was learning in that moment is practicing compassion with myself is sometimes as simple as thinking, I am doing the best I can with what I've got. And if I can do better, I would be. That's it. In the moment, I am doing the best I can with what I've got. And if I could be doing better, I would be. You can fight this all you like, but it's true. If you practice compassion with yourself, you are basically conserving energy. Think of all the energy that you spend beating yourself up when you're in the middle of the shit. I bet you it's a lot. I bet you spend loads of energy beating yourself up or you remember doing that at one point. Think of the energy you conserve, how much less self, less your self-esteem would be taking a batter in if you could give yourself a smidge more compassion, you know? And that last word that came out was perspective. And please, like, before you switch this episode off, I'm not going to start rambling on about it could be worse. I'm not talking about that kind of perspective because when we're in the moment and things are going to shit for us, that whole thing of it could be worse, it just adds a lovely thick layer of shame on top of what you're already going through. Not that. By perspective, I mean practicing sharing how you're feeling and allowing someone else to give you the gift of perspective allow them to listen, allow them to hear you, allow yourself to be open to taking in their perspective on your situation. I think sometimes when things are going to shit, we often, I personally, and I think for lots of others too, we often want to shut ourselves away. We want to hide our messiness and we want to muddle our way through solo. And it really doesn't matter where this is driven from, whether it's from not wanting to bother other people, not wanting to put on them, 
or wanting to you know demonstrate to the world that you can handle it all often sharing your situation with someone else can help you work through it but it also helps gain their perspective and from that place suddenly you don't feel so alone in your shit you feel like someone else is in the washing machine with you <laughs> you do but also you don't feel like it's all on your shoulders so you can see that this practice of asking what the actual fuck or more professionally what am i learning it's really powerful it's really powerful if you can practice doing that in the moment and one last thing that's come up i only plan to share three things with you today but listen i'm already double the amount of time that i usually give myself on the myself on these episodes so why not just go the whole hog and give you a bonus practice <laughs> to go for as well the the last thing that i want to talk about is cuz in my head, I'm thinking, well, what did I do then? I drove home, but what did I do? And I remember quite clearly, I focused on what I could do. And for me that night, it was get a bath, layer the most expensive moisturizing cream that I have all over me, mother myself as much as I could, reassure my nervous system, you are okay, feed myself nourishing foods, think nourishing thoughts drink shitloads of water there are things that you can do is my point in this bonus point that i didn't prepare for as you can probably hear you know when things are going to shit when everything isn't working all at once especially when it's uncontrollable and outside of yourself i think it's really important to allow yourself to get out of your head and into your body think about action even if that action doesn't seem productive you know, don't allow yourself to go into the productivity trap of if I just keep pushing through, if I just tick everything off on my to-do list, I will be okay. None of that shit. You know, allow yourself, go for a walk, move your body, clean, dance, do whatever it is that you need to do. A lot of my clients, they find their um, comfort in two things, showering and driving top two that I see time and time and time again, when things are going to shit, I've got clients who go for a drive and I've got clients who take a shower. And you can guess why, can't you? There's a common denominator in those two because you haven't got your phone in that moment. And of course, it's in those difficult times, isn't it, that we numb out, we work harder, we snack on shitty foods, we drink, we scroll. God, I said in point one, practice one, even I did, picked up Instagram, you know, we numb out and this isn't helpful and it's certainly not empowering. So focus on what you can do. Make your intention about dialing down the drama because the drama's going on, it's happening, you can't control it, but ramp up that feeling of being grounded and being calm. When shit is going down, it's so easy to feel consumed by it. And for those of you who overfunction in anxiety, I know that you'll be working harder and doing more, or you'll feel like you are, but you won't actually be. You won't be productive in that time at all. So get intentional about what you can do. And sometimes that also means get intentional about absolutely what you are not going to do. I've said in a few episodes previous to this one, give yourself minimum and maximum. So if that means that you need to be in control of doing three things that you're just gonna tick off, not Instagram worthy, not congratulations worthy, just three things like drink a liter of water and you know, take a shower, whatever they are, just focus on what you can do in the shitty time to feel good. I know it myself, like when I'm in the shitty time and I wallow in that, I let my own, um, practices that prop me up I let them slide like my journaling like my breathing exercises and I know we all do this because we don't feel good but it takes effort and discipline and resilience I suppose and bravery even courage to then say no actually I am not going to slip into autopilot I am going to do something honestly I can hand on heart say for everything I've delivered over the last 15 years, strategy, performance coaching, appraisals, conflict management, I can teach you all the processes in the world, but the one differentiator on how effective you'll be when you implement your learning is the inner work that you've done through your own inner shit, how you've nurtured your own ability to cultivate resilience and to practice what Brené Brown calls vulnerability resilience, which is to say to feel vulnerable, to feel exposed or weak or helpless or at risk and not play all of that out through your actions in inverted commas. I'm going to link one of my favourite TED Talks from Brené Brown in the show notes because 
I think it would be a really useful thing if you've made it this far through the episode. <laughs> I think it would be a really useful thing for you to listen to and watch after um, after this episode today. So anyway, that was a bonus one. That's everything I think for today. I've, um, I've spoken for an hour. I've spoken for an hour. My aim was 30 minutes. I have failed you, but thank you for sticking with me at this point. As I said, I've got some cracking episodes lined up for you. I'm going to be exploring goal shame. I'm going to be ex- I'm going to be exploring why I don't work from a to-do list, productivity, feeling behind, and so so much more. So make sure you're subscribed and tune in for the next one where I will try to keep it to my half an hour aim. That was a long one. <laughs> I hope this episode has helped you in some way, shape or form. I am only at the other end of a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn or mail. You can drop me a message at contact at tlb.org.uk. That's contact at tlb, stands for Thrive Life and Business, .org.uk. Did I say org? I meant to say org. Contact at tlb.org.uk to give me feedback on the episodes. But like I said at the beginning, please share this or any episode with friends, colleagues, other leaders that you think it might benefit. I would massively appreciate it if you did. And with that, have an intentional day. I am cheering you on and I will see you in the next episode.